You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 14th, episode 3306. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned... And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the second Tuesday of the month. And as we've been doing for the last 10, 11, 12 years, I don't even remember, (laughs) uh, we have Karen here who's going to talk endurance. Uh, It's nice to be back with you, Karen. Jennifer's done the last couple of these. Right, right. Yeah, it's good to have you on with, uh, with me, Glenn. Well, coming up on today's show, we're talking virtual today with Abigail, who's going to tell us about the virtual Tevis for 2024. We have Christina joining us from the Warhorse Virtual Endurance Rides, plus Jenna Harrison, who was the winner of the 2023 AERC National Championship 100-mile ride, all coming up on today's show. How long ago was it? 10, 11 years we started doing this uh, episode? It was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 10, 11 years ago, when I started doing this with Karen, she had all of these stories to talk about because she had these amazing, you know, horses that had ridden a thousand million miles, and she was going to competitions all the time. And then when those horses retired, she had to get young horses. And so for the last couple of years, not so much of the riding part. Uh, But today, oh my God, I looked and you've done a lot of riding. I've been really busy since we recorded our last show with Jovi. He has been going all over the place. I've done a ride and tie. Uh, I did a 30-mile LD ride. Now, wait a I minute. Did you a, did a ride and tie? I did a ride and tie. <laughs> I'm not a runner. I do not profess to be a runner <laughs> at all. So I it was shuffled. a ride and walk? It was a uh, well, I shuffled. I shuffled. <laughs> right, shuffle. Okay. So, um, <laughs> We're too old yes, for we, riding ties, <laughs> I know we we did, and it good, and good the thing is, it rained on us the whole oh, day. Oh no! <laughs> I know, but we did, and um, you know, I sold Apollo, the the big gray half thoroughbred that I had, and he did the long course. Uh, with his new owner there, and they ended up finishing first on the oh on that really? ride and wow. Right now, the only problem with that is once Jovi saw Apollo. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! I did not realize that he was so attached because when they were both here together, he never <laughs> acted like he even liked <laughs> Apollo. <laughs> and so, so oh my gosh, it, it was yeah. Jovi kind of. Um, Got a little bit anxious about seeing Apollo there, but we managed to get through that ride in tie. And then I did a 30 mile ride at the Red Rock ride. And that's when I realized Joby really is meant to be an endurance horse. His switch finally came on. And oh, so you got the light bulb moment? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Because, you know, you're always at some point when the light bulb moment kicks in. How old is he it, now? He's nine. And you've had he's him for nine. how long? A couple of years. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. good. Well, congratulations. That's, that's probably more exciting than finishing the race. It kind of was. Yeah. It was like, finally, you know, he figured it out. It's like, like you said, the light bulb came on. He realized what he was bred to do and he loves it. And so that was kind of fun. Well, that I makes life a whole I, lot more fun for you too. <laughs> so. Exactly. Because for a while there, I thought, gosh, this is like the laziest horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yay. So yeah, he finished, so I, did well? He did. And I came home and I entered him in the 50 at the end of October. Um, and But in the meantime, I took him in the Nevada Day Parade on Saturday, which was terrific. He ended up leading the group. He's very solid and uh, safe. He just, nothing bothers him anymore. He's super, super, I mean, he just doesn't spook. He's just totally awesome. Now, so he's on like, pretty, pretty big parade too right this was a big parade there were 229 entries and wow. somewhere between 20 and thirty thousand um spectators there wow. yeah and so after the parade which was kind of a big deal you know because as you know uh it, there's a lot of hurry up and wait and right. standing around right. and then you which finally is great get through for endurance the parade. horses right <laughs> oh my gosh i know and so we got through that then i i put him in the trailer and hauled him four hours and we went up to the camp far west ride in northern it's north of auburn california and on sunday i rode him in his first 50 which oh, wow. he did it quite the he, weekend <laughs> it was quite the weekend it it was yeah, and the the best part about that is we got to ride the 50 with Apollo and his new owner. Oh, okay. And both horses finished and did really well. We were so excited, and we had such a – I mean, we were so lucky for October 30th that, that the um, – or maybe it was the 29th. Anyways, um, the, the weather was so perfect. It was just wonderful. And we had just a fantastic ride. One of the funny things that happened during the ride, I, I trotted Jovi out. And when I turned him around at the end of the lane, they had cones. Somehow, Jovi managed to step on the cone with his hind foot. And, it, and the cone stuck what? on his foot. <laughs> and he trotted all the way back to the vet with the cone stuck on his foot. <laughs> and, Did you and, have cleats in or anything? Suds? No! It, it was just... <laughs> He had, well, his regular renegade boot on, but the, the cone somehow, I don't know how it managed to just bend around and stick, <laughs> stuck on his hind foot. And he didn't spook. And he, he didn't, didn't freak out. Step. He didn't do anything. Oh, my God. You got to keep this he, horse. <laughs> I know. And so, you know, our joke about him is because he is named after, you know, a rock star. So we tend to joke about him being a rock star. Like when I vetted him in, he still had glitter on his feet from doing the parade. And when I told the vet that, it, it, he says, well, I just thought that was because he's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that's but, amazing. But, that One, that he didn't freak out. And two, he finished it. He did. And he did really well. We finished with plenty of time to spare. We did the, so it was his first 50 and he did it in eight hours of ride time, which was a, a really nice. He um, just never ran out of gas all day. He just motored right along and, and did his thing. He went past the gun range with no problems, no issues. Did they have the gun range going? 
Oh, they not only did the was the gun range going, but they were shooting stuff that was blowing up. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. And and who planned so, the ride right by the gun range? It, that's how it is every year because it's a it's just a busy gun range and you ride right past it. I mean, you're literally yards from where oh, they're how many, parked how and many, shooting. How many riders did not make it past the gun range? Well, on Saturday, there were five horses that got <laughs> loose and one was missing all the way until Sunday oh, night. No. Yeah. So there were five horses that did spook and dump their riders and take off. Luckily, it's in a fenced in area. It, like 3,000 acres or 4,000 acres. So they were still, they knew they were there somewhere. They just had to find them. And some of them got found quickly and and some did. You want to do some desensitization before doing that ride. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or, yeah, when you know you're coming up to the gun range, you can always dismount and lead your horse if if you need to. But, you know, it worked out really good. Jovi and Apollo were both fine, but but I live next to two gun ranges. Yeah, so you're okay. So yeah. so any horse that lives here is used to it. Now the the thing, whatever it was they were shooting that was going, you know, making all this huge amount of sounds and stuff going off. That's that was something that was a little bit new that we're not really used to, but. <laughs> TNT explosions are not something you have commonly in your neighborhood. <laughs> not, not commonly, no. So, you know, I do what I can to train him. Um, you know, like with the new horses, I've been, you know, showing them balloons and then from a safe distance away, I pop them because that sounds just like, a, you know, almost like a gun going off. And I've done that because our fairgrounds is now sometimes doing fireworks mm. displays and they're only a mile away. And so in September, I had only had the two new horses a couple of weeks, but we all went out there at, at, at those two nights that they did the fireworks and we all watched the fireworks together and it, and it was fine. That's amazing. I, yeah. Oh, you know what? If I was allowed to, I'd play the Bon Jovi song. I'd play I'll, I'll Be There For You because the, your <laughs> horse is. That's great. I know. He's doing wonderful. I'm I'd just sing thrilled it for you, him. but you really don't want me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the other fun part is a, a couple weeks ago, one of my neighbors was driving by and she had her granddaughter with her and she pulls over. She saw me out working with the horses and I ended up giving her grand her little granddaughter a ride on Jovi. I said, no problem. We'll, you know, bring her back over here. And so I put a helmet on her and put her up on Jovi and, and um, led her around my little obstacle course. And and the kid had just a great time. And I think the grandmother had even a better time. And I said, yeah, you know, he, he can, this horse can do everything. You know, he, he, I just, the weekend before I did a parade and then he went and did a 50 mile endurance ride. I said, the only thing left I really want to do with him is I'd like to teach him how to drive. And as it turns out, she used to breed Arabians and, she drove her Arabian and oh. she says, you know what? I have a cart and I want to gift it to you. I oh, want wow. you to have. And we're talking, she's like two houses down the street from me. So the other last weekend, we went up and kind of we had to pull a bunch of stuff out of the storage to get to the cart and pulled it out. And I now have a cart. I'm just 
shopping for a harness for it, but the the cart seems to fit and um and it's perfect. So I'm gonna have so much fun training Jovi how to to drive in a cart now. I, I know you had some questions, so why don't we answer those in the in the auditor post show today? Okay, awesome. Welcome to my yeah. world, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so be the other fun. thing, the other thing I know that uh, Jennifer mentioned is that you've been doing some clicker positive reinforcement training and actually used the series that we have on the network called Clicker One Hundred and One. I have. I listened to all the clicker shows. Now I'm going through all the driving um, shows. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, luck. We had like a thousand of those. <laughs> oh, it's great to you know. It's so fun because you can just put them on and listen. When you're doing whatever, whatever it is that's, you know. Did, um, did you like, so Equine Clicker 101 for for new listeners is something that Shona Koresh did. And she's going to bring back, We're gonna she's going to do another series, but she did 50 episodes. And it was basically lessons where she talks through what you're going to do. And then she has you go out to the horse and actually do it while you're listening. Did you find mm-hmm. that, that uh, structure to be useful? I did, and I thought she was wonderful with how she explained things and went through it. You know, without even visually seeing her do it, she described it so well. Just listening, you could, you you know, it sort of sunk in. And I went out with these horses, and oh my gosh, they're, you just have to do the clicker training or positive reinforcement with one of the horses, the others watch. And mm-hmm. then you go and get one of those other horses and they already know what to do because they watched the first mm. horse. There you go. It's yeah. It, it's, they it's w- such a neat, neat way to train and work with the horse. It's well, I if, definitely if anybody it. wants to listen to it, like Karen did, you can just look up equine clicker one-on-one on any podcast player and it'll pop up. So, mm-hmm. and we have a we have a page for it on our our website at horseradionetwork.com as well. Well, con- congratulations. This is all good news today. <laughs> Thanks. In your world. I like that. Finally. I finally. Like that. And and the new little uh gray horse I got, I've been on him four times now. So, he's coming along. So, how many do you have now? 3? I have 3. 3. Okay. Uh-huh. That's right. You have Jovi was the first two you got and then you you got the two new ones. Since I've even the talked two. to you, you got the two new ones. Right. Yeah. Yes, the two new ones, the little gray and he's a very small horse. He's under 14 hands. But I'm still I'm small enough. I I think it's not going to be a problem. And also I think, you know, I might want to train him to drive he's got the same breeding that my horse granite chief had you should see the big guys around here that are riding these little pasifinos about this (laughs) i think you'll be Uh, fine (laughs) yes i think i'll be fine Uh uh-huh and then the little chestnut he's only four um and he came from the same breeder that jovi did so um well, I congratulations! I'm so nice happy everything's going horse. well. Last time I talked to you it was kind of you were you were not this happy. <laughs> so I'm glad that makes me happy that you're Thanks. happy. Thanks. All yeah. right, we got a lot of guests to get to today, so let's give Kristen a call over at Distance Depot and get it rocking and rolling. Well, next up we have Kristen, as I said, from Distance Depot comes on with us every month. The Distance Depot, rather, comes on with us every month and chats about products that she has available. And today she's talking about carrots. Kristen, when we hit, when Jennifer and I had our tack shop, Chris, our carrots had just started, and I remember they were the first ones really to come out with riding tights, right? Um, 
because they were jeans and breeches, but there right. weren't tights. And <laughs> exactly. yoga, yoga pants had started to become a thing. And <laughs> you know, she came from the she came from different sports actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady who started carrots, and I remember carrying those. And then they had like black in the first year. Do you remember that? And then yes, yep. and they put a pocket in it, which was unheard of. Um, uh, yeah, and they still do that, yep. thankfully, for our phones. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> but cell phones weren't even a thing when they were starting right. to put a pocket in it. And then they came out with colors, and that's when it took off. Yeah, because, I, I remember my first pair, excuse me, my first pair yeah. from, I don't know, 100 years ago, and they were my favorite pair, and they had hound's tooth on them and then black detailing. They were really sharp. I thought I was so snazzy. Yeah, well, and you were. I mean, because nobody else had anything like that back then. That's right. It was really yeah. just, you know, you had a couple colors of breeches, um, but that was it, or jeans, you know? Yeah. It was, so what do you, what are, now they own the clothing world pretty much. They do. <laughs> so. Yeah, and she, and I think she came um, from, I know at one point anyway, she had um, developed bathing suits. Yes. And um, then we were talking and you said she was a a rider. She she was a skier too, a a snow skier. skier. Yeah. 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 That's why I think she has all these great fabrics um, and, and her fashions all relate around riding. I mean, everything is, you know, flexible and bendable and comfortable to ride in. I think that's so important with this line. Now, I saw at the last trade show, they have some new products coming out. Do you have some of those? We sure do. Um, and they can be found on our new page um, for a little while. They'll stay there. Otherwise, you'll find them, you know, under For the Rider and Outerwear and and. We have a page for gloves and so on because, of course, they have a winter riding glove. They have neck warmers, ear warmers that fit under your helmet, which are super nice. Um, I'm sorry, headbands that fit under your helmet. Uh, I like them just to keep your ears warm. Um, All kinds of fun things like that. And then, of course, the tights. um, Probably the warmest one that we stock is the Wind Pro. It sheds um, hair, rain, mud. Um, and it's fleece lined. Honest to goodness, they feel like jammies. They're just <laughs> luxurious. Um, I wish these were, I'm not sure they had these when I was competing way back when, but these are um, pretty top of the line, warm winter um, fleecy tights. I love these. And we have it in a boot cut and in the regular tight. And then, of course, nice. from there, yeah, they go down to a lighter weight. And that's kind of a three season breach because you can wear it in the fall and the spring and in the winter, depending on where you live. Um, and then they have the um, fleece light tight, which is super light. Um, still, we'll shed a little bit of the winter <laughs> cold air, um, but they come in a nice herringbone pattern, um, which is super stylish in gray and black is what we have. And then their other tight is a thermotech tight, which I really like. Um, it has carrot sticks along the inside of the leg for a nice grip so that, um, you know, and the other two that I mentioned have knee patches, but the carrot sticks are nice because they're just sort of built into the fabric. That's I think that's kind of a cool thing that they do. Um, and it does help you grip so you're not sliding around up there. <laughs> um, and then we have a new denim stretch um, boot cut type, which has all the classic true jean detailing, um, of course, without the the jean rubbing (laughs) that you get when you wear jeans. Um, They have a a super grip soft extended knee patch, um, which gives you like a leather like grip and it's gray. So it's flattering. Um, It's a really nice looking tight and it has a fitted calf so that the pant won't slide up. 
So some really nice choices there, along with wool socks, um, fleecy tops, uh, merino wool top. And again, these are all designed for riders with flexibility, um, venting, fabrics that keep you cool. Um, you know, so if you do get sweaty, it wicks the moisture away from your skin. So lots of nice options here. And where do they find it on the website? Um, they can go to the new page right now. Everything's listed there for the winter and fall lines. Okay. Um, lots of nice choices. And we're just at thedistancedepot.com. I do want to mention, too, seeing we're coming up to the holidays, that mm-hmm. uh, you guys are the ones that do our embroidery for our logos for the Horses in the Morning and the Horse Radio Network logo. We actually have the new Horse Radio the Network logo one. up there now. Yeah. So if we're excited you- to start. Yeah, to start embroidering that. And it you looks have really shirts nice. and what? You have shirts and jackets and all kinds of things shirts in there. Shirts and gear bags. Yeah, uh, all kinds of things. Hats, so you can put the logo on, on a ball cap, on a shirt, on a jacket, vest. We've got lots of, um, just visit the embroidery page under For the Rider. Um, and you'll see it there, the Horse Radio Network, Horses in the Morning Embroidery page. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I have to get a new some new hats. I I don't and your hats oh, are yeah, the nicest ones I ever up. bought were, were your hats. <laughs> they fit well and Oh, that's awesome. You know, there's a difference in baseball hats. You yes, know, there are. Yeah, there's some yep, good ones and then there's some crappy ones. <laughs> so. uh-huh, my husband's a picky ball cap wearer, so I go off of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It's thedistancedepot.com. Thanks, Kristen. We'll talk to you thank next you. month. Thanks, okay. Kristen. Bye bye. Bye bye. So there you go. Uh, you know, they do. If you do want to get your uh, your horse radio network wear, just head on over there, scroll down the left side of the page, and you'll see a link to it. Uh, but you can get all different kinds of things. And we do have the Horses in the Morning logo. That's the yellow one with the horsey sunrise. And then a horse radio network as well. All right. Our next guest is Abigail Madden, representing the Western States Trail. And we're going to be talking about the virtual Tavis for 2024. Welcome, Abigail. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for having me. Sure. We've had a lot of requests from listeners to learn more about some of the virtual events that are going on. So give us a little bit of an over, overview about what the virtual Tevis is. Back in 2020, um, I, the Western States Trail Foundation had to make a decision about having the, um, the actual Tevis. And unfortunately, not um, unlike a lot of other events, we had to cancel the actual Tevis because of the global pandemic. Well, um, one of the other members of the Board of Governors, uh, Krista Ternage, came up with the idea of holding a virtual Tevis that year in 2020. And the thing just took off. It was great. It gave people something to do in relation to Tevis. So we had a lot of longtime actual Tevis riders participate that year because they couldn't do the actual Tevis, as well as a lot of folks that just wanted to be involved. Um, it's it's worldwide, so um, anybody was able to participate. So that was in 2020. Um, we're now here in 2023. We just wrapped up our fourth year. And um, really neat event. Like I said, it's it's worldwide, so it doesn't matter if you're in Australia or Iceland. 
um, or in Auburn, California. Anybody can participate. And you don't have to be somebody that is an actual uh, Tevis rider or an endurance rider for that matter. We have two divisions. We have a riding division and a non-riding division. So, so could I do, could I do, do I, I drive a uh, carriage? Could I do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, so we have people that walk, that hike, that cycle, that row. Um, we had a gal this year who, um, she does canacross and I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Um, correctly, but um, her horse, her horses, her dogs pull her in a little cart. And that's how she achieved her 100 miles. And um, the virtual Tavis is 100 miles in 100 days. So, um, you know, you don't have to do a mile a day. Some people do it in increments of one, three, five, 10, 25. We also have actual endurance riders who go out and have tried to do the whole hundred miles in one day on an, on a sanctioned 100 mile endurance ride. Um, it's a, it's a neat event because everybody can participate. The only, uh, requisite is that whatever you're doing, you do it under your own power. So not just you standing, lunging your horse. You need to be, if you want to walk with your horse, walk with your horse. If you want to cycle, then you have to cycle. Um, and it has, we ask that you dedicate your uh, miles to actually completing the event. So don't just count your steps for the day that, that you take during the day. Actually say, okay, I'm going to go out and do some Tevis miles. Um, the... The fee for it, um, we've we've gone back and forth with this. Uh, it's we run it through a program called Run Sign Up. So a lot of people that if they're involved in in running events are familiar with that website. Uh, they sign up about sixty five dollars. The monies for that go to helping preserve uh, the Western States Trail. So preserve, do trail work things like that. Um, last year out here in Northern California, we had a really hard winter and um, a lot of trail work was needed. So the monies that we gain from the virtual Tevis go to help preserve that, um, do the trail work, pay for the equipment, pay, you know, materials, things like that. So One of were you surprised at the number of uh, respondents? Do you, do you get like hundreds or thousands or? We we have had this year, I think we cracked a thousand again. The wow. first year we had 1,600. The second year it dropped off a little bit. Third year dropped off a bit more. This last year it jumped off again and we had up over a thousand. Wow, that's, so, that, that's amazing. It, Aren't you so glad you tried that when you did? Yeah, and, and uh-huh. really glad that Krista came up with that, with that suggestion. Um, it's just, and, and while it, it brings us some money, it doesn't make or break us, but what it does do is it, is it just makes, you know, it makes the world a better place. It gives somebody something to focus on. Um, something to do, something to feel like they have um, achieved something. Throughout the event, as you're moving through and you log your miles, you go into the computer program and you just, we don't, because it's not a competitive event and it's all on the honor system, we don't require you to 
um, submit uh, GPS tracks to prove that you did those miles. But you just go in, you log in under your own specific login, you, you say, you know, I did three miles today. And as you go through the Tevis Trail, let's say once you get to mile 32, 36, it shows that you're at Robinson Flat. And so it'll send you an email with th- congratulations, you've made it to Robinson Flat. And um, it'll pop up some pictures of what it looks like through there, give you a brief description of what's what normally goes on at Robinson Flat, which Robinson Flat is the first one hour vet hold in the actual Tevis. So it will do that when you go over Cougar Rock. It, anybody who, who knows about Tevis or does Tevis, Cougar Rock is a big rock formation that you can go up and over during the actual Tevis. So it's it's really neat um, that as you do that, and people don't realize necessarily realize that as they're logging in, and then they get a surprise email back congratulating them on reaching this milestone. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I, this whole thing is great. I don't think I'm going to get my cart and pony over Cougar Rock, though. I don't <laughs> think that's happening. Uh, the only way that's happening is uh, if I do it virtually. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then it's it's created a really fun community, a really fun online social media um, community where folks come in and they, they post pictures of what they did that day, where they rode, where they hiked. Um, some of them even make cute little photos of, you know, let's say their horse walking over a big boulder and that's their cougar rock. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so so really great about about folks being able to bond over that event. So and so give us the details. When does it start? When does it start? It is going to start 100 days prior to the actual Tevis this year. Okay. So um, that's going to be in April. April, the, May. The, yeah. the, the 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 start will be in April. And um, don't make me do the math here. I'll fail miserably. <laughs> um, we'll start, we'll open up the registration in March. And um, we do it 100 days before. We found that that's uh, just a little bit more fun. That way, everybody, the actual Tevis riders and the virtual Tevis riders can all finish on the same day. So um, just kind of a, a neat little something that we do there with that. Uh, like I said, the registration fee is about $65. If you complete, and this is this is another thing, we we don't just send you a T-shirt because you signed up. We wanted to try and make it a little bit like the actual Tevis. You actually have to complete your 100 miles and submit your mileage for us to send you your completion swag. Mm. Um, and that's in staying with the whole. You know, it's kind of like on the Tevis. You you pay a pretty good. Uh, entrance fee but if you don't make it in 24 hours you don't get your tevis buckle you don't get your completion so some you might say well that sounds a little harsh yeah it might be but that's also the part that we wanted to stay with and keep it um just a little bit more like the actual tevis now we are toying with um going to just sending out the the swag with everybody that signs up um, doing a little bit more research and development with that. So one of the things that we do, we, we have, uh, done t-shirts this year. We did medallions as well. We do bandanas. Um, 
and everybody gets a completion certificate. So all kinds of fun stuff there. Yeah, the t-shirts were really nice this year. Yeah, we've had um, the t-shirts have been designed by a lot of uh, different folks. Um, the first year, uh, another Board of Governors member, Lucy Trumbull, did the design for that one. And I believe Lucy even did our logo design. Um, but this last year, Shannon Whale, um, big name in the endurance capital there in Auburn, she did the design, graphic designer. She did the design for this year's shirt. So uh, really really neat stuff there. So how do people, do they just go to the website, sign up for the newsletter? How do they make sure they're informed about when they can start to register? We, the, we post it both on the website. So teviscup.org. We post updates there. We also post updates on our Facebook page, our Tevis Cup 100 Miles, 100 Days. Um, that Facebook page, but we also have a virtual Tevis Facebook page and we also have Instagram, but, um, a lot, a lot of, uh, most of our activity comes off of those Facebook pages and we do, uh, uh, we'll continue to do announcements. So one of the things that we'll do today is after being on here, we'll make a post on our Facebook page about, Hey, listen to us here and, go and sign this is when our signups are going to open Terrific. so that folks know that all right and it's and the website again teviscup.org it's very easy t-e-v-i-s-c-u-p.org abigail thanks for joining us we really appreciate it Thank you so much. For first-time horse owners and new riders, finding the information and support you need can be challenging. That's why Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbing to bring you My New Horse. From important horsekeeping information and how-to videos to social media communities, exclusive experiences, and more, My New Horse is your one-stop shop for riders of all levels and disciplines looking for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Start your horse ownership journey today. Visit MyNewHorse.com. Well, we're still on the topic of virtual endurance rides, and our next guest is Christina Hike from the warhorseendurance.com site, and she's joining us to tell us about the virtual rides that she has underway or coming up. So welcome, Christina. Hey, Karen. Thanks so much for inviting me today. Um, I didn't think I would vet through and pass the vet check because I've had a little <laughs> cough lately, but I'm always happy to talk about the challenges. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you we have an hour, really so we give, give, as long as we get you through in an hour, you'll be fine. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the virtual challenges that you have that I know you have a big one that just started. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Just to give you a little background um, on how they started, actually, if you're interested in that, I can do that. Uh huh. And so I think we were the first virtual to start, um, and it was um, in response to the pandemic. And we only planned on ever doing one. And then um, when that one was done, people said, well, what's the next one? And so I I thought of the next one. And then they said, well, when's the next one? And so this is kind of how this took over my life slowly. Um, but so now we are at, so we started in, um, four years ago. So this is our fourth year. We have had 27 challenges. 
we have supported and encouraged 7,000 riders in those four years. And um, yeah, we even just started a, a podcast called the Warhorse Journal this year. We have like five episodes of that out, but we're trying to highlight the riders to share their stories and how the challenges have helped them. And although we're not a charity, I do love to give to, to charities. And I want to make sure that's not confused because I'm absolutely a business, but I'm a business that likes to donate. Um, so some of the charities that we've uh, rallied around have been actually during COVID, we donated to AERC because they were struggling without the rides. Um, Boys and Girls Club of Rosebud Reservation might be my very favorite charity. Um, the Pony Express Museum, um, Operation Underground Railroad, Foundation for the Horse, um, Horsepower Healing Center, Horses Healing Heroes, MMIW, Black Hills Wild Horse Sanctuary, and the, um, the Last Chance Corral, and most recently, the Copper Horse Crusade. So when people ride with our challenges, very often, not always, but very often, we're donating $5 at least to a charity. So that is an aspect that I hear a lot of feedback about that people really enjoy having purpose in their ride. I got to tell you, Karen, we we just talked to Tevis about their hundred mile uh, virtual ride, and for me, that's a long way. I drive a I drive a little fat pony, so he he's, mm. he's going to die before that ends up being finished. <laughs> but Karen, here's one for you: the Route 66 <laughs> Kick Up Your Heels 2,448 mile challenge. That's perfect for mm -hmm. you. It is. How long do you get to do 2,400 miles? As long as it takes. We don't have, <laughs> we really don't have, we really don't have deadlines. And I would say that some things differentiate us, which is, I hear we have amazing awards. I, I am bothered all the time by people asking me where I get them. And my husband made me promise when I started this, like, you can invest this huge chunk of money into this. And maybe, you know, my husband said, only probably two people are ever going to join, honey, me and you, you know, he's like, and it's okay if we lose that money, you're trying to do a good thing. So, so he really backed me our on that. Our spouses are always so supportive of our, our ideas. <laughs> they have to be, if you own horses, they have to just kiss their money goodbye, basically. Anyway. So, but um, we, you know, we've, we've uh, had minis being driven who have done, we had the Pony Express 1900 mile challenge and we donated a, a large amount of money to the Pony Express Museum um, during COVID. And, you know, we had minis complete that. I mean, I think oh, one of the highest- Oh, she's shaming me now. That's what I she's am. doing. She is shaming I, me. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of driving horses actually doing the challenges. And there's this one mini, um, Ellie May, and she is one of our highest mileage Team Little Legs is what we call her. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm going to be Team Fat Hackney. About that. Does that work? Yeah. yeah. Don't make me laugh. It's going to cost me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but but we, do, we do have a lot of fun in the challenges. And, and I'll just take this time to publicly thank my people. Um, because during that first year, we lost one of our horses to EPM. And I had such an outpouring of love from this group of people. This is a very special Facebook group. I've never ran across another one like it. We definitely um, stay on topic. It's the Warhorse Endurance Conditioning Challenges on Facebook. And 
I regularly get gifts of love from these people. I've gotten things as far away as Australia. I've had um, one lady make me a prayer shawl. I had another woman um, make me a quilt. And these people are just, oh, that's it's, nice. a different, it's a different group. I mean, it's just like we so send each other get well cards and things when our animals pass away. And it's it's more than just the challenges, really. Right, right. You become kind of like a family, your own little group. So explain to us how this works. Like if somebody wants to sign up or learn about your challenges, how how does that all work? Warhorseendurance.com. I try to keep the current challenges on there. The only ones that are not on yet that are getting added are the one day freedom ride events, which we could talk about later, but basically just go on there, find one that's open. I have left the past ones on there mostly, and they'll say sold out. So How do I know there's on... so many though? How do I know which one to pick? Um, well, depends on what you like. Our biggest medal is the Valkyrie two, And all of them, most of them are miles challenges. If they don't say mile, then it's in hours. You can do hours or miles because uh, some people okay. said they don't have a way to track miles. So they wanted to track hours. And so we let them do that. And we did tell them you'll probably do three times the amount of miles <laughs> if you're tracking hours, but it's okay. Um, but really, you just sign up. We work on the honor system. And basically, you have as long to complete as you can. And the reason for that, we've had so many instances come up, like somebody lost their spouse or somebody lost their horse. And, you know, we are sending that award to them. And I always write on the back what is in there. So if they don't want to peek, I don't want to, you know, let them think this is something they ordered from Amazon. It's going to say Valkyrie across the back, you know, so open it at your own peril if you didn't want to see it till you're done. And Sometimes these awards get sent out way before the person's done and they just have to put it on a shelf and wait like Christmas. And sometimes, <laughs> okay, okay. And sometimes um, they're like, hey, I finished last week. And I'm like, well, the medals aren't here, so you have to wait. And But I have always heard it's definitely worth the wait that I am very picky about what I send people because that's 100 miles with either your own legs or your horse's legs that I want to honor that, and I want to have a beautiful award. And um, the other thing I notice the difference between them, and tell me if I'm wrong, is which charity you're supporting. So, the different mm-hmm. the different ride drive walks uh, support different charities, right? And I I guess I do lean heavily towards Roads Bud because they do have their own challenge, um, and then also the. The Route 66, um, $5 for every entry on that will go to the Rosebud Club out there, Rosebud Reservation. Um, these kids are wonderful. They send me thank you cards. They send me pictures. And they like they, they made a wooden frame and they all signed it from the first year. So we constantly get feedback that these awards are fabulous. And um, we don't give just a medal. We usually give a medal. And currently we've been giving a dog tag, a medal, a patch and a sticker so they get quite a nice finishing package and where would somebody go to sign up and learn more about all of these different challenges that you have available i do have the icons for each one of them listed on warhorse endurance thanks a bunch we appreciate it warhorseendurance.com thank you happy trails even under the best circumstances travel is stressful for horses we've all been there 
stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Our next guest is Jenna Harrison, who just recently won the 2023 AERC National Championship 100 Mile Ride. On that Congratulations. Ride, yay, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. 28 started and 18 finished. Jenna was first with a ride time of 8 hours and 57 minutes. Wait a minute. 100 miles in 8 hours and 57 minutes? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my God, girl. That's flying. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh. Is that your fastest time ever? Yes. It's most people's fastest time ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, no, most people never hit that time. What am I talking about? Some people, <laughs> well, a lot of people take that long to do a 50, Glenn. Yeah, I know. So. It's just like crazy. <laughs> so that's like oh a crazy God. fast time. I, I know. And the, the first four or five riders were all kind of in that range there. They were all yes. flying. Yeah, it was a okay. it was a pretty competitive field. So tell us about the ride. It was um it was a very very good ride. I found it was very well managed. Uh, everything was just very professional. Um, the volunteers, the vets, everything was just it was a very very well run ride. Um, and the trails were great. It was mostly sand and, and there's quite a bit of route. So some of it was pretty technical, but um, the horses just did great all day. And I, I was surprised for. Uh, the kind of terrain that it was that we were able to set the pace that we did. Um, Where was but, it? Uh, uh, it Jenna? was held in Kennard, Texas. I'm not sure if I'm saying that it's either Kennard or Kennard. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced, um, um, but it's close to kind of the, I think, Lufkin, Nacogdoches area. Um, but yeah, so we were pretty much running through forest all day on mostly single track trail. When I say single track trail, like you can get some single track trail that's really tight and narrow. Um, but this was like, you still had lots of space for your horse, but it was still windy turny with with roots and, and whatnot. And some pretty good um, gullies going into some some good washouts and, and whatnot. And it... Um, uh, it was it was technical, but it was a lot of fun. And like like I said, there was uh, about five five of us that were kind of all running at the front together. Um, so that that kind of broke it up quite a bit. That a lot of different horses were able to take the lead and and whatnot. That, um, uh, but yeah, we were all running really close together, which over a hundred miles is not necessarily very common. It um, usually kind of throughout the day, especially over the multiple vet checks, everyone tends to get pretty spread out. Uh, as different horses, their heart rates will come down at different times. And so you'll you'll be let back out on your next loop, uh, either ahead or behind. And so generally, kind of more progressively throughout the day, things tend to get spread out. But I mean, obviously, it was the national championships and um, quite a few. I don't know if you guys know this, but quite a few of the um, uh, horses there, or at least at the front runners anyways, were all horses that had also just completed the Tepes Cup in July. And so it, they were all very, very fit horses uh, and very mm -hmm. well-trained um, and well-conditioned horses. And so I think, I believe that's why uh, many of us were actually able to to stay together up front so close, which is is not necessarily common. Um, so that that made it quite a bit of fun. I, I really enjoyed myself at the ride. Now, had you ridden any of these trails previously? 
not this course in particular. Um, I we I just moved down to Texas uh, just over a year ago. Uh, my family and I moved from Canada. So we're actually starting to kind of just get to know all the different terrain and environments uh, within Texas. That, I mean, and obviously Texas is such a big state, so I should say more narrowed down to East Texas. Uh, we're, we're just getting to know the races down here. So that was actually my first time ever attending uh, the race at that particular venue. Tell us about Lily Creek Kong. Uh, he is just a superstar. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily ever really good at, at talking about myself so much, but I thought <laughs> he's, he's one that's worth talking about because he he is just fantastic. He is, I believe, 15 years old now. Um, and he, I believe this was, uh, and, and Cameron may correct me on this afterwards, but I believe this was his 15th 100 mile race, uh, the national championships. And he's been competing for, I think, over 11 years now. And like, he's, he's just amazing. Uh, it just astounds me how much this horse has done and for how long and that he just can keep going. I mean, he was so, so strong uh, on race day. It really, really surprised me coming to the end. Uh, the very, very last loop that we did was the fastest loop that we did, which same thing is not always common for a 100 mile. Obviously the horses are, are getting tired close to the end, but, um, so are the riders. Up, so are the riders. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but I mean, he was just, he was, he was amazing. He, he's so strong. He's very, very, uh, skilled, very talented. And he just, he knows his job. He knows what he's doing. And he just came alive that last loop. Uh, when it came time to let's dig in and go, uh, he was just, he was waiting for that all day. Um, because the trails were more technical, we did quite a bit of trotting, which, uh, in a lot of his training, he, he does a lot of counter work. And so when we have to do more trotting mentally, you can tell he just kind of gets a little bit down, uh, in the sense that he just kind of gets bored of it and he wants to do something that's a little more fun. Uh, and so when it came time for that last loop and he realized that we're going to go, then he just, he lit up and it was, uh, yeah, when it came down to doing the runoff at the end, like he just, he dug in and was just, there was so much power coming from him. It was, um, it was quite, quite fascinating, quite exhilarating. And it's, it's really been an honor to, to be able to ride him. Um, uh, it's been, yeah, it, he's taught me a lot and he's, um, just an amazing competitor. I can't, uh, yeah, uh, more than that, I'm, I'm not really sure. It's uh, it's just been truly amazing to to have the opportunity to ride him and compete on. Now, him. had you have you ridden him prior to this ride? So he a little bit of a backstory on him. He's actually owned by a woman named Cameron Holzer, which I believe you said that you you've interviewed her before. Uh -huh. um, so she uh, has been doing endurance for many years and uh, she's owned Kong, I believe since he was like two years old. And she, so obviously she's ridden him and, and competed it uh, on him uh, for many years. Um, however, she has just recently started a family and she uh, was pregnant and not able to keep riding and conditioning her horses. So she had reached out to our family uh, who had just recently moved to Texas. She knew us through endurance racing from years prior, but she just found out that we had moved to Texas and reached out and, asked if we would be interested in uh, taking on some of her horses and conditioning them and campaigning them for her. Uh, and so 
uh, we thought that it was a great opportunity and, and we had agreed. And she, at that point, had told us that they were all fit to to go ahead and do Tevis that year. So that would have been in 2022. Um, no, sorry, that was 20. This was that was this past year. That was 2023. Uh, anyway, so they were fit enough to do that. So we took them on and we did uh, one 50 mile race on them. I, so I did one 50 mile race on Kong um, and then obviously did more training on him. I took him to the Tevis Cup in uh, July of 2022, and we placed third uh, at the Tevis Cup, which was same thing. I have to give a lot of credit to Kong as uh, he he's done that race before, and he's done it more times than I've done it. And he mm-hmm. he basically he taught me a lot just about uh, competing there, and it was a big big learning curve for myself to actually be going and running at the front at the Tevis Cup, which I've I've never done. Um, so I did do that, which is a hundred mile race across the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, so it's, it's a tough race, that one. And he, he took me through it and he was just, he was really, really good. So those are kind of the only two races that I did on him, uh, leading up to the national championships. I obviously ridden him a lot in conditioning and, and training him for the rides, but yeah, so the national championships was basically my third race on him, um, in total. Well, I read one of your posts where you talked about the last 10 miles on the national championship. Tell us about yes. that. That was, yeah. So that was the last loop of of the national championship. So uh, like I had said, it was a really, really close, tight field all day. Uh, and it's not, like I said, it's not common for five riders to be staying together uh, all day long. So that was that was quite exciting. When it came to the last loop, uh, there was three of us that were being let out just one minute ahead of the other two riders, and so we went off and decided to to take off in a gallop and try to just put as much distance as we could within that one minute, which isn't really a lot of time uh, when you're considering how many miles you're you're going over. Um, so anyway, so we we took off and decided let's just try and lose them at the beginning if we can. And so it was one other girl and I, because there was three of us let out at the same time, but the third girl decided that she didn't want to go as fast as um, the other competitor and I were going. And so we were going. And um, to my surprise, I was actually really expecting the other two that were released one minute behind us to catch up to us. And they didn't. Um uh, and the only reason I was expecting them to is because they are seasoned competitors themselves. Uh, so I was fully expecting that they were going to take off like we took off. Um, and to my knowledge, I believe they completed only like a minute or two behind us. So I think they maintained the same pace that we maintained, but they just didn't never actually ended up catching us, uh, which I was surprised by. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was, um, that was kind of the loop like that Kong just came alive and decided this is what I've been waiting for all day long. And uh, he was just flawless through it all. Uh, He did. He did really, really well. Wow. Wow. What fun. And to finish in under nine hours. That's just amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was uh, an incredible day. It was really a, a great day. And I have to give also, obviously, a lot of credit to my my family, who was my crew as well. Um, mm-hmm. They have, through any races, but especially this one, were uh, just so amazingly supportive um, throughout the whole day. Uh, Kong, he's he's a um, a big boy, 
And so usually, and this is, I believe, what a lot of the other competitors at the front of the field were kind of hoping for, because he's big and it was a hot day, usually he takes a little longer to pulse down uh, than most other horses. Um, And so to meet the pulse criteria, generally, it's not uncommon for him to be a couple minutes behind everybody else. Um, But my crew was just phenomenal that day. I mean, they just, they worked so hard to just get him cooled as fast as as they could. And uh, as much as they were able to, they met us out on trail and would just pour cold water on him on trail just to keep him uh, going and feeling refreshed and feeling just invigorated uh, throughout the whole day. And so that's uh, a big, big key uh, when it comes to when you're going to be running at the front and you're going to be competitive is you need the right crew that that can help take you and your horse through that day. Um, People don't realize, but it's a lot of people will actually do endurance and they don't have the crew or they'll have one person to kind of help them crew. And then that's where usually you end up eating up a lot of your time is that the vet checks are leading up to the vet check to pulse your horse down. And Mm so I think a lot of people were kind of hoping and expecting that Kong was going to be kind of slowly fading into the background throughout the day with the multiple vet checks that we would have to go through. Um, but my crew, were, they were just on it all day. And uh, I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to them as well because they uh, they just amazed me. And it was basically we were, if we were not right at the vets at the same time as everybody else, we were maybe like one minute behind. And so then I was able to catch the, them out on trail uh, each time because, like I said, one minute is is not that much, especially if your horse is really motivated to catch the horses that went out ahead of him kind of thing. So. I got to tell you, though, Jenna, you're going to need your crew. I saw a picture of you with the trophy. You're going to need your crew to lift that thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big one. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely has a lot of weight to it. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest, fattest, heaviest trophy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite large. <laughs> Usually you get these little skinny trophies. This one must be two, a foot and a half across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and apparently it gets just like big bigger and bigger the more that obviously this this goes on because they just keep adding to the base of the people can keep putting <laughs> their plaques around huge. it so it cracked me up when i saw you with free. it it was funny <laughs> <laughs> you're right this horse i'm seeing the pictures of you with this horse this horse is tall yeah yeah he's and he's um so his breed he's a shagia which is a close relative of the arabian but he's a shagia tricaner cross which he is has not- a tricaner head yeah, yeah, he doesn't have an Arab head. I was looking at his head, going, "That's not Arabian." <laughs> not, no, no. <laughs> no, and so that's not a common breed for uh, endurance. Shaggies are becoming more popular uh, in endurance, um, but generally, it's an Arabian or an Arabian cross. And so the fact that he's he's got the Shaggy, which obviously is closely related to the Arabian, but the Dracaner uh, is not generally a breed that you would use for endurance just so because does, of their size. Does he pee off around the single tracks? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no mostly no. probably because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably could, but... <laughs> A hearty congratulations to you, Jenna, and to Kong as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Well, that was a fun show. She was so enthusiastic, and I love the fact that it was an unusual breed of horse. That ended up winning. Exactly. I love that. And now all of you have to go out and sign up for a virtual race of some sort for the next year. There's plenty of options <laughs> It'll there. Get, yep. And you'll have a goal and something to motivate you during these short daylight 
you know, days of it, winter. It was funny. I was just telling Jennifer, and I am not a competitor. I've not been competed at stuff. Well, I guess I kind of have. I've been a competitor in business, but you know, I'm not a competitor naturally. Wendy was trying to talk me for years into getting into combined driving and all of that, and I just wasn't interested. Partly because you had to do dressage, and that just didn't interest <laughs> me at all. So, um, but the, you know, I told Jennifer the other day. I said we need a goal. So that we work to the goal. We're better when we have a long hike coming up or, you know, we're going overseas to do a hike or something like that. We have a goal. This could be a goal. Exactly. That could be a goal. Now, for me, the Tevis one, I I need the goal with with an end date because otherwise I'll put it off and put it off and put (laughs) it off. I don't know about you, but I would be, I know myself, I would be lazy and just say, well, I can wait till tomorrow and then tomorrow's next year. (laughs) <laughs> so, so the Tevis one sounds interesting, and I would have a little time to get Scooter in shape so he could actually do more than half a mile a day. So, for sure, they get breaks yes. over the summer here because it was so freaking hot, <laughs> so hot here. So we don't do much riding or driving over the summer. So th- this is our time of year. This is our uh, our summer is just coming in now. Mm-hmm. Where it's actually cool enough to do something. But uh, where can people find rides and find rides in their area coming up this year or next? Oh, go to AERC.org and look up the ride calendar. And then you can search by region or by state and find rides that are local to you. And rides are always welcoming, almost always welcoming for volunteers. They need volunteers. So if you can't ride, go volunteer and you can learn a lot just by doing that. All right. Very good. And where can they find you? Um, I have started a new blog again, and it is nvenduranceriter.com. And of course, you can find all the past episodes of The Endurance Show. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down the middle of the page, click on the Endurance banner, and that brings you up uh, probably hundreds of them by now. So uh, you have a lot of catching up to do right there on the (laughs) website at horsesinthemorning.com. You can find all the Endurance episodes there together. Auditors, hang on. We'll do a bit of a post-show. Apparently, we're talking about driving in the post-show with Karen, so hang on for that. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you have all the Endurance Riders have a wonderful Thanksgiving and get out there and have some fun over the holidays. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. All right, so let's talk driving. You got yourself a cart. <laughs> I and, did. And so what have you ever driven before? Um, you know, when I was very young, my father and grandfather drove with me in a cart with my pony. Oh, but of course, I was just little itty bitty thing. Um, but I always remembered it, and it's something I've always wanted to do. And I kind of regret I never got around to doing that with Chief because I think he would have been really good at it. But now I have Jovi, who I also think is going to be really, really good is at it. it. Is and this I, lady neighbor willing to help you get started? Well, sure. She's 86 years old. Oh, okay. Well, so, she can tell you um, if the harness fits and where to adjust. That was the hardest thing when I was brand new to driving. Jennifer was too. Um, and it was figuring out 
the adjustments on the harness because you can adjust about uh-huh. 50 different places. So that was one of the hardest things we had to figure out. Okay, yeah. Well, I am a member of the NIDA group, Nevada Endurance Driving Association, and I've been going to their events for the last year. I've done several of them. So, Jovi's used to being around the carts and the wagons and the chariots and all that, which is you know, kind of nice because, as you know, um, they make a lot of different kinds of noises and stuff like that. It can get a, you know, some horses can get really excited. It, but it's it's real fun when we go out in the trails here in Florida and we meet up with packs of riders and they look absolutely terrified when they see me. Do coming. they? Oh yeah, yeah they're just always yeah. terrified. They're terrified. Yeah. Their horses probably could care less, right? But. Um, they're terrified. <laughs> so. Right, because you just don't know, you know, what the reaction is going to be. So, um, so Jovi at least has, you know, that kind of experience. Well, then you know people also that you could ask to come over and help you with the harness, because that will be your hardest part. Exactly, exactly. And I'm looking for a harness. Um, so, Zilco, um, and the- Zilco is the nicest of the harnesses. I got mine maybe ten years ago. Okay, and they okay. fit. You know, this is where you're going to need somebody that knows a little bit about harnesses, but they'll actually make the pieces to fit your horse. So, um, so you know, from the saddle to everything else, uh, and it's all it's all biothane. You know, it's all right. You know, synthetic. Right. So you don't. I don't know if it's biothane, but it's synthetic. So you don't have to worry about that. And I've had mine for ten years and and still using it, no problem. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. It's yeah, that's what I'm looking for is biothane because leather's a lot of work. No. And you think uh, you think taking care of a saddle and stuff is hard? You got all those <laughs> straps and stuff in leather. You don't want to be taking care of that all the time. Right. <laughs> so close it off. Be right. done. You know what I do with mine? Okay. I take mine and put it in the dishwasher. Dishwasher. Yep. Exactly. Put the whole yep, harness in the dishwasher. Comes out clean as well. Yeah. So yeah, and this lady, um, she she gifted me the cart because I gave her granddaughter a ride you on my horse. That. That's so, <laughs> so that's just wonderful. Now, and she's just a sweet lady. Uh, she gave me all sorts of other stuff too, which is, it's like wow, you know, because she realizes at eighty six years old, she's she she's out of horses. She's never going to use it. Um, she wanted to give me the harness to go with the cart, but she couldn't find it, and it's leather, so it's, it's probably, probably not going to be real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably not going to be real safe anyway. <laughs> so I'm looking for a harness, and so I was wondering, you know, what your advice is. And, and Look up Zilco, um, okay. and I think uh, what was it? What the website called the the oh crap i forget the website well, I, I right can, now yeah if you look up zilco there's a couple it. places in the united states that sell it and and figuring out size is going to be your biggest issue um and i will tell you with the cart you have what wendy calls a death trap uh-huh. um when dr wendy used to do a driving show with me and was a foreign hand driver um this cart this cart is enclosed in that there's no easy out um okay. so when when you she actually would tell somebody that has this kind of cart, one, she'd tell you to sell it, but two, she would tell you to to think about your out. So if something goes wrong, ha- practice how to get out of the cart quickly. Okay. Uh, while, still, while still holding okay. the reins if you can. Um, okay. So, yeah, with this one, there's no easy out because there's no opening for, for you to get in and out of. So you just have to think about ahead of time, you know, am I going to bail? And if I bail, how do I do it? Um, Got it. So that's just one of the safety things, you know, and a lot of riders hate driving because they consider it so unsafe. And it does add another level of 
unsafeness because if things go wrong, you have the cart to deal with now, in addition to the horse. Right. So there's two of those things. The other thing is always, and we mount this right to the cart. This is very important before you do your first drive. Um, we, you buy a very sharp switchblade type knife, a very sharp knife. And we got one that we actually mount to the cart. Um, so that if things do go wrong and you have to extract the horse from the harness quickly, you have the knife. Don't ever go anywhere without okay. your knife. Have that okay, attached that's a good to the dinner. cart somehow. And it has to be like sharp, sharp. Um, so we have one of those that will cut anything. And if we had to cart the harness to get them out of the cart, that's the biggest safety thing you can do in a, in a carriage and cart is have a knife to cut the harness. Okay. And I've okay. seen it used. We've seen it used where the cart flips over somehow and the horse is stuck under it or, you know, and they need to cut the harness away. Then they'll cut the harness away and then get the horse out. You know, you'd rather do that than kill your horse. So, sure. So that's sure. the one thing you definitely want to do before. And then wear a helmet because. <laughs> right. I was planning on that. You do that and anyway. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. So, um, one of the other questions is because um, it's probably going to take me a while to get to get a harness. In the meantime, what are some of the things I can you, do to practice? You and ground get, drive, he, ground drive, ground drive. Ground drive. Okay, yep. I've done that. I've ground driven this horse around the neighborhood. Yep. I mean, he's Perfect. literally very um, safe. As you know, um, he can do parades. Yep. He doesn't spook at anything. He doesn't mind. Um, he doesn't mind the reins hitting his side. When you ground drive, no, no, not at all. Because that's where the cart's going to hit him. So you know that's uh, the other thing you can do is back him into the cart and then you know bring the shafts up and then just get him used to it. You can actually touch his sides with the shafts, go back and forth. Okay, you know little things like that to just desensitize him to the shafts actually being there. Right. Yeah, we did that yesterday, and he didn't care at all. Even though I, when I was backing him up, it was poking him in the elbow and in the side, and he didn't care. Now, the other he, thing too is you got to remember you're not going to have legs, so um, your cues. You actually, we actually use audible cues. Now, you know, dressage okay. riders that you know don't right. There's certain disciplines where you're not allowed. Um, but in driving, you use audible cues. So as you're okay. ground driving him, get him used to the walk, get him used to trot, you know, get him, you know, ho or whatever your stop command is, Get and back, get him used to all of those cues so that he hears them over and over and over again, because you only have your reins, right? So right, that's the only connection right. you have with the horse. So you're going to want to make sure that you you start adding audible cues into the mix. Uh, okay. Like Scooter knows all his audible cues, so he knows back. You know, the other thing with when I've had horses that have been tough backing up, I you know the lessons always my lessons that I always got said to just you take the whip and you just touch him on the butt, you know, just tap him, and that's uh-huh. Scooter's cue. I just tap him on the butt and say back, and he goes right back. Um, okay. And then you you have a whip because the whip can also the longer driving whip, uh, not because you're get, using it to motivate them to go. You're you mostly using it uh, to touch their sides to get them to put pressure on and off sides. You know when you're turning and things, so mm-hmm. you can actually use it that the very tip of the the whip. You can use it as an aid. Um, and then it does come in handy, you know, if you're getting branches out of the way and you're about to get smacked in the face. So that helps too when you're on trail. Okay. Okay. But yeah, you 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 definitely it's you know driving whips are shorter than lunge whips, uh, but longer than your typical riding whip. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is good to have one of those around. 
And and then you'll put a little holder on your cart so that, you, you know, I don't use mine all the time, but when I need it, I need it, right? Or if right. you're in a situation where they're balking and you need them to go, then you can tap them with the whip. Okay. Uh, that That's your that's okay. what you use if, in you know, a situation where, okay, we need to move now. <laughs> so Got it. You know. Yeah, you know, and I figured, well, this cart, I mean, she gave it to me, so... Um, I think it'll be great for training and getting them going. Well, and then, the and then thing if is, I too, if you beat it up, who cares? Right. So, right. Yeah. And, and if I end up really <laughs> liking this and I want to do like the 10 to 30 mile long then distance driving, yeah. then I'll get something different. That's, uh, you know, more, more suitable. Yeah. Like this one doesn't have springs on it. Um, it, it has a spring on under the seat on each side. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, see where mine has shocks on the wheels. So, you know, it takes some of the concussion. Right. But uh, right. mine's a fry sprint cart, which is really made for cross country. It's made for doing what you're talking about. Um, okay. So that, you know, that it's really made for that. But this has pneumatic wheels, which is good because in the sand, you need that. Um, mm-hmm. I had the regular wheels on mine, the carriage wheels. And you, in Florida, we just sink three inches, you know, it's just, right. it was too yeah. much. But you have yeah. the pneumatic here and they look like they actually hold air. So that's good. They um, do. Yeah, yeah, they've been oh, this, I'm so for excited for you. This is going to be so much fun. But if you can get help and you can get one of those driving people to come over and give you a lesson or two, it will go a long way. Okay. Yeah. That's what I will do. And I've been listening to the driving shows. Oh, no. The old ones with Wendy? <laughs> the old ones, yeah. <laughs> You're learning all about so. traditional Chinese medicine, too. I am, and and I've been watching YouTube videos, and I, I even bought a cu- couple of books on oh, carriage so driving. So, I'm, especially uh, if you can do the endurance drives, because then as you get older, you know, and don't want to ride anymore, you can drive. It's perfect. Well, that hopefully that's going to be a while, but uh, <laughs> it, it, no, it's it's just kind of fun to have a horse that can do a variety of well, things. Well, the other thing know? about driving is you can take people along. That's the biggest thing is you can you can bring people with you. With riding, it's kind of hard, right? So uh, here right, you just throw right. them in the cart and you exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. It is. So any other advice you have for me? I make uh, stick with biothane and yeah, definitely make sure I have biothane. a sharp knife. Have your sharp knife. And then, you know, start an arena, obviously. Uh, because uh-huh. if, if, he, if he decides to bolt or something, you know, he can't go anywhere. Um, so that, you know, that's the one thing. Always start in the arena and start there and just start slow, walk at first and then, you know, work them up eventually to a trot. The thing about the trot is, you know, the shafts do move up and down a bit, uh, and your weight distribution on the cart is different. So it'll feel different on him, but that's why getting the harness set up in the first place accurately is so important because you don't want the shafts pushing down on him too much. Um, too much weight on his back, pushing down on his back. So when, when the cart is, is accurately, uh, I don't know what the word is, weighted or distributed, the weight's distributed accurately, Mm -hmm. I can sit in the cart and actually the shafts sit, don't press down at all. It's it's that balanced, so okay. so they won't press down on on the tugs at all. Um, they're just balanced right there, and that you know so that when he's trotting or whatever, it's not pounding his back. Um, so and again, those are people people that have driven will be able to help you with that, uh, and that's why it's important to you know get some advice from somebody in person before you buy the harness, or else you'll be doing it twice. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And, and there's sure just a lot of straps and a lot of adjustments on the harness. <laughs> That's the hardest thing when we first started was figuring out how all that worked. <laughs> it looks like a lot. As a matter of fact, when I have people out that ride, they're like, I just put my girth on. You know, and here it's it's uh, all these straps and adjustments. Now, once you get it adjusted once for the pony, you're fine. But Right, uh, right. But getting it adjusted right is the – it's the thing I still worry about. And I, I need to get uh, Heather over, who's a professional driver, over to check scooter and make sure we have it set up right. Because, um, you know, things change over time, too. Well, I'm excited for you, though. Can't wait to Me see you out driving the first time. I know. That'll be, And I you know. have a place to go around the neighborhood there with lo- less traffic and stuff? Well, you know, that's just the thing, though. It's the neighborhood's busier. It's been built out a lot more. And mm. there there is a lot of people that have moved here from the city, so they really don't understand livestock and horses. Do you have and a tag-along so, or a, a gooseneck? Both. See, the tag-along is going to be handy because then you can put the cart in the truck and, you know, take the pony. So if you want to go someplace with the pony, you can. Right, right. Like we that have, we have a yeah. gooseneck now, and it, there's no room for the two ponies and the carriage, so we have to Got do it. a separate uh-huh. truck to haul the carriage. Um, okay. Yeah. So that is something to think yeah, about. That makes it's, more work. Yeah, it is a little different. Uh, and to put the cart up there, yours isn't that heavy. You could lift it up there, but ours is a little heavier. It's like three, four hundred pounds. So we actually built ramps out of wood, and then that's oh. how we push it up into the truck. Okay. <clears throat> Get it up in there. But I am so excited. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think this is a, a good adventure for you, and maybe your husband will like it. it he actually said that he might go with me on a drive yeah. if uh, once he sees that the horse can do it and is safe and everything. But <laughs> well, you know, that's how I started. I didn't like riding, and Jennifer's like, "I'm going to get him doing something." So <laughs> good, <laughs> that's, that's great. You know, and I, I kind of figure maybe by Christmas I'll be able to. You know, put a Santa hat on Joby. Oh, put some jingle bells, yeah. Jingle bells and drive around because the cart's red. So I thought, well, that'll be kind of cool. We can drive around the neighborhood on Christmas. Oh, I know you. By next year, you'll have a brand new cart. You're going to have it'll be all <laughs> decked out. He'll have all the colors. It'll be all set. I got to do something in the off season because <laughs> there's no endurance rides till next year. So I love it. I love it. I think it's terrific. <laughs> Put some sleighs on there. You'll be good to go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Karen. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Glenn.